2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss. I have one thing
1: I want to say to you. I hope you're not going to judge me or yell at me, but I'm the one behind Queens of Bravo. I was going to say, are you Queens of Bravo? I'm the one behind Queens of Bravo. I'm Pink Pop Box Podcast. I'm the Bravo docket.
3: <laughs> oh, you're the Bravo docket. Oh, yeah. that's a good one.
1: All right, this is editing Sessie. This clip was shared by Tamara, and it's from the Two T's in a Pod podcast. And it's Emily Simpson saying that she's behind the Bravo Docket, and I just thought that was so hilarious that got posted while we were recording, so I had to include it in the beginning of this episode. All right, enjoy. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Bravo Docket. So we weren't supposed to be recording today, but I think after last the last episode of Salt Lake City... We had to it's all I've been thinking about for the past twenty four hours. I woke up early and I drafted a stream of conscious outline that I was like, "We have to record and put an episode out about this. like I cannot stop thinking about it and and the thing is, it wasn't even news to us, but I no. still am like shocked. I am flabbergasted. I have chills. I feel like while watching like my fight-or-flight response kicked in, I don't even know how to explain it, but initial reaction.
3: I had a lot of weird feelings watching it because at first I didn't really understand the intensity of Heather's reaction. And I was like, you know, I kind of was like, you stood by Jen Shaw, oh, who's yeah. defrauding elderly people. But then I thought, you know, I guess... <sighs> I, I was trying to figure it out, like, parse through it in my brain. Like, Jen Shaw didn't attack her, and they kind of felt like they went through the whole becoming reality stars together, and then to have someone in their group that had taken videos of one of them and then posted it and was like a, you know, that was like a big deal. Like, you, it, it does make you think about the level of trust that you would have to have with your cast members because you wouldn't want them taking videos of you on an off night and posting it secretly, you know? Right,
1: right. Yeah, that was my initial reaction when I like watched, th- after I knew what the secret was and then watched the teasers again and the mid-season trailer. I was like, Ugh, I don't really get it. But I'll get to my thoughts on that in a little bit. But anything else while watching?
3: Well, I was honestly, my, when they confronted Monica, I think that was the first time I've seen something really a really unscripted confrontation that was just a real confrontation. And the way she handled it was something else. It was almost like a villain out of like a comic book and they, and they get caught and it's like, well, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> she like, she, she should have done that. I don't, and she didn't. Yeah. She was almost there,
1: but she, she was,
3: wasn't. She was she was almost there. I think she was holding back from doing mm-hmm. that. I think she wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. But then but you know, she just sat there and you could kind of see her processing and it was kind of like that that to me was the most compelling part was her reaction to it and then me being like, "Oh my god, what is she thinking? How is she processing this?" And she does not feel any guilt at all over it and she didn't feel bad and she, it it was the whole thing is just fascinating. Totally
1: fascinating. And then I rewatched that dinner over and over, then realizing that they were all in on it because then you realize, oh, wait, they were acting this whole time. Like That yeah. whole thing was them acting and they all deserve an Oscar. That was top tier. Yeah, it really was. Just top tier. Okay, well, let's get into it. Let's get into it. So I guess the reason I wanted to do this episode and talk about this is because we've interacted with that account. We are on that account. They have shared our content. (laughs) I know. you know, we sort of have a history with this account and not to be like, oh, we're involved, but like, this is something that we, yeah, we remember interacting with this account. So it does feel a tad personal to the account. Uh, Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Not to be like, oh, we have an in. It's not like that. It's just like, I don't know what am I trying well, to say.
3: <laughs> no, it's no. It, it we were <laughs> this account did message us a lot and would react a lot when we posted stuff about Jen Shaw and our it, it shared a lot of our stuff and so that was definitely factual information when it <laughs> like that was factly when they were sharing our stuff it was factual information that was accurate. I can't speak to anything else that was shared, but. Um no it yeah that was weird and we had a weird feeling about it too where like this person really really seems out to get Jen like we we had talked about that before like months before like in 2021
1: yeah and I'll, I so what I did this morning was I kind of did a timeline based on what we know about Monica and Jen and then our messaging with the account but it it definitely ramped up after the arrest and it got a little bit We just couldn't handle the amount of interaction. And that's when we started talking about it. Yeah. Okay. So this is the timeline as I know it, based on the evidence presented on the show and social media. Oh, it sounded like
3: a start of an opening statement. (laughs) (laughs) The evidence will show.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. I think that's what my brain was doing this morning when I... (laughs) It's like a. if I printed this out, it's probably like an eight-page statement. Anyway. So Monica worked for Jen, as we know. She was in the store with the Shaw Squad when Murillo was accused of stealing the purse. So Murillo's part of the Shaw Squad. He's very prominent. He's done a ton of interviews about Jen since, and and Monica. He's done interviews about Monica. I recommend everyone listening to go watch those interviews just to hear what he says about Monica because it is, it's for foresh- it foreshadows what happens.
3: Wait, wait, I don't know this. So, like, what can you just give me like a little teaser? Because I haven't listened to it if something yeah. he says. So he said in an interview that
1: Monica is who leaked the audio footage of Koa being berated, which in hindsight makes sense because that is how Reality Vontees started. So if you watched Koa's stories last night, Monica, she alluded to it. But what started Reality Vontees was when Jen Shaw berated Koa for i think like not ma- meeting a deadline. Koa was a, a dress designer and he primarily dressed Jen when she was on the Real Housewives and I guess he missed a deadline for I think the reunion and she went off on him. So the allegedly rumor, missed a
3: deadline or or I thought it was like she didn't like what he did or something or
1: Yeah, I mean his argument was Payment or something like that. So she argued he missed a deadline. Who knows? Anyway, so then someone secretly recorded this audio, and now we know it's likely Monica. But then they got together and decided to release this audio on Reality Von Teese, And that was the only account that had this audio at the time. And that's what initially you and I, or I think I followed the account, that's what got me following the account was that this audio was leaked and got picked up by every news media source that covers this sort of stuff. And it was the only source for this, right? Yeah. That was the beginning of it. So then for Marillo earlier this year to say Monica was the one who leaked the audio, that was the only account that had the audio. So right. he basically told us <laughs> what happened in the finale. Right, right. Okay. Also, Marillo, for those who don't know, He, I believe, admitted in an interview that he was the one who picked up Jen Shaw from the Beauty Lab and Laser parking lot when she was arrested. He was the one in the truck.
3: Oh, I
1: didn't know that. Yeah. So he's a big Shaw Squad member. And I believe he's also confirmed, or I just know from the streets, that he runs Jen Shaw's account now. So when you see her posting, which I'm going to get to, it's him.
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's involved. All right,
1: so we went over the berating of Koa. This was in early 2021 when they shared the footage and audio recording of the incident with Jen Shah. The tone at first was very much, and if you go back and look at the post, I don't think she's deleted anything because this is how I remember it happening too in 2021. It was very much just about the interaction between Jen Shah and Koa and about how horrible it was and they wanted to expose her for it. And if you go back and look, it's also share, sharing resources for victims of abuse. So it seemed, yes, negative towards Jen, but... But deserved. Deserved. Right? Deserved yeah. negative attention. And also nice that they shared resources for other victims of this.
3: So it was a net positive right. account at first, right? I don't, Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I don't... That video of Jen screaming was so awful. And it's just a, such a terrible way to treat people. And we didn't even know that she was defrauding people at that time. Like she hadn't even been charged yet. So it was just like, wow, this is not a nice person. <laughs> and I honestly, it's like when you see something like that, of someone treating somebody so poorly behind the scenes, you do kind of just get a little glad that it got exposed. Right.
1: Yeah. Every time it happens. So then Monica is no longer Jen's assistant. I know she said on the show was for a very short period of time. So she's no longer in the Shaw squad. And I imagine it had to do with leaking the audio because I wouldn't want them in my squad either if they leaked the audio. Right. Then weeks later, Jen Shaw gets arrested. Monica admits to being an informant on the show. I think her only role in any of this informant thing and in any of the Jen Shaw fraud was sharing the COA experience. I strongly believe she did not know that Jen Shaw was involved in this fraudulent scheme. I think... Once Jen Shaw was arrested, she was like, well, I also have this piece of information that she's an abusive, verbally abusive person, and went to the prosecutors and shared that
3: information. We talked about this in when we were in, in, I think it's even in one of our episodes, when we were talking about this, all the stuff that the prosecutors had submitted, talking about, you know, the sentencing guidelines and her character and whether she should get a downward departure and the sentencing guidelines and her there was there, – I think there's legal briefing about it because it was – there was mention in there of her treatment of others and how she – you know, because remember they also talked about how she had confronted some woman who – Oh, the restraining order. The restraining order and stuff. So that was all in there and then the stuff about COA was in there. So that's – I agree with you. I think that's where Monica came in. Mm-hmm.
1: But then I don't think that they knew when they started this account – that Jen Shaw was going to be arrested. So then when Jen Shaw was arrested, the tone of the account shifted to being about the fraud and taking Jen down for that and highlighting every piece of information they could about the fraudulent scheme. And then just Jen being a horrible human being according to the things that they posted. Right. Okay, and then they start posting attorneys' analyses on the Jen Shaw of it all. You see Ronald Richards' posts. Emily D. Baker gets posted. Kempire, he's not an attorney, but he gets posted a lot if you go and look on their page. So it's all their takes on the arrest. All right, and then that's when we start having our content shared. And this was really early into our account. And I was practicing copyright law at the time. And I was, I think I messaged you and I was like, this isn't cool. People are sharing our account. It wasn't just like sharing it. It was screen recording the podcast and then resharing it to the, the Instagram account. And I, I just wasn't familiar with the ins and outs of social media at the time. So I was like, this is a copyright violation. And then, you know, I eventually learned that that's what people do. And it's a way to share content and get it out to other listeners. So then I was okay with it. But yeah, I remember this account was the first one that screen recorded the podcast and reshared it,
3: which that is a copyright violation, right? I mean, we don't yeah. care, like that's just, and that's just how things go, and it's not worth fighting over. But technically, that is right. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, unless like there, there's like fair use uses, like if you're using it for educational purposes, but right. I don't want to get into the nuance of all that. I mean, social media world is very different than the legal world. There's a lot of stuff that we allow fly that we could be complete assholes about and sue people over, but it's just not the environment that's set up on social media. So you let it go. Also, I have a caveat. Like, I'm totally okay with it now. Like, share whatever. You know what I mean? Just give us credit.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just don't steal our stuff. (laughs) Give us credit. Yeah. And then so like
1: you mentioned before, then we started sharing DMs and it would be just providing and it wasn't intensive. One time they... Messaged us and we're like, "Wow, her trial got pushed six months. That's insane." And we responded, "We're like, well, COVID and these things take time. Cases get pushed all the time." That was our response. That was like the extent of our conversations, basically. Like the tone. Right. Then the sharing and tagging of us and the messages got relentless, and this is when we were tagged. I think in every story that they posted, it was like nonstop, and if you go on the account the account still has all of their stories archived so what they did was created you know those highlights that are right underneath the person's bio all of their stories are there and I swear we got tagged in every single one and I was like this is kind of annoying because it pops up as a message yeah it's like oh man and it's stuff we don't Yeah, we were covering Jen Shah, but we were covering all the pleadings. We weren't necessarily mining social media to talk about it.
3: No, we were literally reading the actual legal pleadings and then using that to teach people about the actual charges, the, the procedure, the criminal procedure, all of that stuff. So it it was a lot. And I you did mute it.
1: Yeah, I think I did mute it. I think we spoke about it because it was just a lot. And this was all towards the end of this account's two-year run. So if you look at the account, and this is, again, it matches what I remember. They started early 2021 and then stopped posting, I think, around October 2022. So they had almost a full two years of running it. And it just got like really bad. Towards the end of their second year, and even though it was, from what I remember, primarily about Jen Shaw, just the tone was a little unwarranted, or not even a a little. It was pretty
3: unwarranted. It was pretty nasty, in my opinion. It, I I don't know what Jen did was so awful, but I, it was a lot of energy put in to someone who was already being criminally prosecuted. Right. Yeah. It's like that's that's somebody's putting a lot of energy into this, like a lot. And I have to say, I didn't remember, and maybe it's because we muted them, but, and maybe you're going to get into this in a bit. I don't remember them posting anything about anyone else. Like, I don't remember them posting anything about Whitney or Heather or Meredith or anything. I don't either. And maybe it's because
1: we stopped looking. But I also, in my manic state last night after watching that episode, my flight or my adrenaline fueled reaction was to go through and watch every highlight.
3: <laughs> uh, I think I watched like 600 stories last night. But let me interject right there, real fast. I want people to know that this is what this is the thing that trial lawyers do, and most, and any lawyer really, that makes us really good at our job is we get obsessive when we get into figuring something out and we get such a dopamine hit. What Ceci just described, we have both done so many times for our jobs. And as part of this, like one of the things that's like when you're, when you're like on the, you know, Nancy Drew and you're on the trail of something and you've got like all this discovery or whatever and you're going through it or you're pulling things off the internet for a case that is one of the fun parts about the job and so and then sometimes you have excess of this energy and you need somewhere to direct it so thank you (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome yeah I guess I could use it use this energy for other
1: purposes but this is what I chose both we use it for both yeah this is what I chose last night And yeah, I again, like I didn't see anything bad about them. And even the stories that they shared on the episode last night, one was about Jen Shaw calling Heather a derogatory gay And it almost was presented on the show last night as if Monica posted it about Heather, but it wasn't. She was reposting something Jen said about Heather so then, right. So yeah, I just, I went through and I was like, what is bad? She did post some stories about how the viewer, the ratings were going down for Salt Lake City. But I think again, it was like she said, collaterally hurt the other women, but it was really targeted at Jen to be like, look, your show is failing. And then towards the end of her run, when Meredith and Heather were the only ones supporting Jen, then they started posting stuff about like, you guys are clowns for supporting Jen.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's a lot worse stuff and meaner stuff on the internet about housewives that I guess like about Heather and Meredith that other people have posted. So I didn't, I just didn't think it was that mean to them. And now that you've done your research and looked at everything, but I think, I think the issue is it's a betrayal of trust. Like you're supposed to be vulnerable and share things and develop real friendships. And they felt like that was Fake, and so that's why they were so upset. I think so too.
1: Yeah, and I think because she was—if she had just been like, "Hey, I'm behind this account," you know, my whole thing was just to take down Jen. It was never to hurt you guys, and been honest about it up front. Their reaction wouldn't have been so severe, but well, maybe it would have because you, yeah, like you said, it's a violation of privacy and trust.
3: But well, and she had like there had been multiple storylines on Salt Lake City so far this year about things that were being posted. Mm -hmm. on you know or or getting dms or information or whatever and so i think it looked like to them that she was doing it again and now she's like in their their inner circle and you know gith has even more information and access to them and she was just gonna turn the account the vitriol in the account on one of them and use it to create storylines on the show so the more i'm talking about it the more i'm like yeah you would be really upset about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, but to be fair, she stopped posting, like I said, I think around October 2022. And my guess is that's when she was in talks to join the cast. Right. So I think she put an end to it. But yeah, I still agree. And, and something else I want to add before I forget I know it came out that she's running the Instagram account. There was also a Twitter account, and I don't, I'm assuming it's the same people running it. I'm not sure. But the Twitter account was really nasty to everyone. Oh, was and it? still is up to this day. Like that oh. Twitter account is still being posted on. And I don't know if that's a parody of Reality yeah. Vontes or if they're related. But at least the Instagram account, which we know is definitely, you know, run by Monica now, it stopped after October 2022.
3: Well, and this is just, now that I'm thinking about it more, this is just the account we know about that she's running. There could be other, you know, finstas or fan accounts that she and this other person or other couple people or whatever that were in Heather's inner circle were posting things on. Like, we don't know. This is the one she got caught for.
1: Right. I'm also kind of confused why she didn't just nuke the account. I guess maybe because, again, in her mind she thinks she was – Doing the right thing, or not doing anything bad to them,
3: right? Yeah, I don't know how many. So, how many? Wait a minute, how many followers did Reality Vantes have? Okay, let me
1: confirm the exact number. I mean, I took a screenshot when I found out that this was the finale. T. So we have data. Okay, so as when I found out about this, it was the end of November, and it only had five thousand and sixty-eight followers.
3: So it never had that many followers.
1: No. No, but I think at one point, well, like I said, at first it was everywhere because of the leaked audio, right? And then I think back then it might've had a lot of followers, but then when it started turning nasty, people stopped following. Okay. I have friends that blocked this account because it was getting really nasty. And I think it was tagging everyone. That's another thing. Maybe like we were, you know, we were tagged, maybe she was doing the same to the rest of the cast. And they took that as a violation as well and harassment. Yeah,
3: Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So then,
1: oh, I'm sorry. They stopped posting August, 2022. Okay. So then I'm guessing that's when Monica was cast. Then they start filming the show. Jen Shaw reports to federal prison. They're filming the show. Then the show wraps. This news comes out, right? They have BravoCon, Let's talk about BravoCon. So like we mentioned in our BravoCon episode, my first thing that Friday of BravoCon was a meet and greet photo op with Monica, Lisa, and Sutton, where I mentioned that we run a legal account called the Bravo Docket, and I've covered something about each of them. And I said, you know, Sutton, we've covered Erica. I said, Lisa, we've covered your divorce. And I I look at Monica And I go, we've covered Jen Shaw. And she's like, oh, get in here. And we take a photo. I have chills. I have chills right now. chills. And then we kept running into her. I know during our BravoCon episode, you said you don't remember. But
3: I didn't. (laughs) Did keep running into her. I was in Las Vegas. It was dark. And, you know, she hadn't done that much on the show yet. And, you know. She was very sweet. So to
1: to repeat what we said on that episode. So we then saw her at the Bravo After Dark. She came to where we were sitting. It was like a little table space. And she was like, oh, Bravo Docket. Like, where's the Bravo Docket? And everyone's like, oh, that's her right there. Like, that's them. And she's like, hey. And she was there with Koa. So Koa like we said at the beginning, was the designer who was berated in that video and audio recording. He was also in the Jen Shaw documentary, the one that was on Hulu that we were also a part of. So I go up to him, I'm talking to him, and I'm like, hey, like, we were also in that documentary with you. We have covered all this stuff, blah, 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 basically like explaining who we are, like their account had not posted us. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like when it showed her on the episode like, oh, I've never been in here before. this is so yeah, cute we're <laughs> like, yeah, we cover illegal stuff. you should check us out. It's like, what? In- Ugh, God All right so and I do remember Heather saying at the very beginning of the season, there's a clip where Heather is talking about how the Monica that she met a year ago or whatever looks nothing like the because she used to be blonde mm-hmm. she was and she looked very different look She's like the Monica I met like a year ago when she was working for Jen or whatever. It looks nothing like the Monica that you're looking at now or that I see now or whatever. Yeah. Which
1: they did have like that screen grab. And Monica has posted vo- uh, like a photo with Koa with her blonde hair. And yeah, she looks pretty different. Yeah. Oh my God. That reminds me. Like I also ran into Heather at BravoCon. Do you remember that? I told you it was very awkward.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, that was really surprised me because I thought. She would be really friendly. And also it was like super late night. This is when I was being my old lady self in the bed. <laughs> like could I back couldn't the tell hotel. what time it
1: was. So
3: <laughs> I know. <laughs> it was like two AM.
1: But she I, was think like, it, I mean I, I think wanna was share. Sure. She's like, I wanna can I tell you a secret? And she's like, actually no, I shouldn't. I was like, what in the world? And I like texted a friend, I was like, that was really weird because I like I like her a lot. Yeah. But same. And again, I have no idea what she was gonna say. I'm just connecting maybe even fake dots in my head. But it was such a bizarre interaction.
3: Yeah, you were freaked. You were actually kind of freaked out about it. You were like, "I it's Because yeah, saw- you, when you, you know, we got up the next morning and I was like, so, you know, what happened last night? Who'd you run into? Because you were hanging out with Ronnie, gambling, <laughs> and having a great time <laughs> while I was in bed with snacks. And like, you, you were telling me, like, and you were kind of like, it was weird. I had a really weird interaction with her and it, it wasn't what you expected. So I wonder if maybe they had just, you know gone through some of that or filmed some of that or it was right then. That was the end. That was yeah. right
1: after. That was literally yeah. right after Bermuda. Mm. Yeah, I remember I felt like crying. I was like, that was a really weird interaction.
3: I bet she was close to telling you something and then was like, no, I can't. It'll get me in trouble. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so then That's, she had to just
3: like, sh- you know,
1: yeah. block block it off. Like, stop. <laughs> Man, I have chills again. I'm about to like Oh, sorry. I hit the dog. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm oh,
3: sorry. Buddy, your collateral damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: um, I went down to pet him while he came up. Anyway, <laughs> All right. So then the reunion films and then late November, I am out at one of these like things in LA where a podcast is doing a live filming and I run into <laughs> and we're talking about how this is the rumor. And All he said was, yeah, the rumor, she runs Reality Von Tees. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly who that account is. It was like no hesitation. I was like, oh, you know. Yeah. And then I texted you and you were like, oh, again, like
3: no. We knew exactly what it was. It was just kind of like, that makes sense. That tracks. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And and, and then they were like, yeah, that account was vicious. We all remembered. It was.
0: Small details or big surfaces. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get thirty, thirty. Ready to get thirty, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, Just fifteen bucks a month. Sold. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at MintMobile
0: Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. com slash ACAST. Oh,
3: gosh. Anyway. Yeah, it's not as if we were fans of Jen Shaw, especially after we went through and read every single detail and the transcripts of the horrible things she said and did. But even we were like, yeah, that account was just really... They were they were doing the most, and we're other really people doing felt the, the same most. way. Yeah, other people felt. Yeah. I think we even might have
1: messaged people when that account came out, like Bravo Bone Collector or something, and we we're
3: like, "Hey, do you know like who is this?" Account? I think we might have. No, you did. I totally. We you totally messaged Bravo Bone Collector, and we're like, "Do you know who this is?" And, and they were like, "No," and we're like, "This there seem a little seems like a little sus." Yeah. I'm going to
1: go back. That's what I'm going to spend my energy on tonight is going back. and finding <laughs> all, <those. laughs> all right. So now it's out that Monica and Koa and others ran it. And again, Koa is the one who was berated by Jen and then appeared in the Denshaw documentary. And like I said, that account has saved every story they posted. It's a lot. And it shows, I think the magnitude of the amount of stories that they posted is what, like that, that's a little shocking too. For someone who has a family and a a job to just post that much about Jen?
3: Well, I fully believe it was more than one person. I mean, yeah, the hairstylist definitely had a big part in it. And she's posted some receipts today. I mean, it was definitely more than one person posting things. But it's still, even if it's two people, it's still a lot. (laughs) Uh, It was at least three. Yeah. Okay.
1: So that's the end of my little timeline. Moving on. So people asked us, what is the recourse if people post untrue things? And we've talked about defamation so much. So I'm not going to get into it. But Well, what was untrue That's what I'm going to say. I don't know if anything was untrue on there. I, I mean, I'm not verifying anything. Mostly everything that they posted was like an audio recording of Jen or supposedly Jen or a DM that someone had to receive from Jen. So, you know, they'd have to, you'd have to prove that it's not true and that you
3: were harmed by it. So and Jen's reputation really can't get any worse. So, <laughs> there's nothing. right. Yeah. I mean, it's not, she can't be like, oh, because that's, that's part of the thing. It's like, I lost, I lost business. I lost, you know, business and social standing. I lost money. And it's like, no, you committed fraud and you're in jail. Like, This is not, right, you know, but I was wondering, like, and if you didn't find anything about the other women, that makes, that just makes me, but it also, it's like, I also wonder if that account was messaging them No, about each other. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, maybe. But if it's
1: not public, how are you going to say you're damaged by it? So again...
3: I mean, that's going to be a defamation claim if there were harassing messages sent. Right. That you could claim emotional, you know, depending on what the law is and everything else. Like maybe, but it would still be hard to a, the hard law, to prove. I'm glad yeah. you asked. Is at the bottom of this
1: outline, so we'll oh, get nice. there. <laughs> <laughs> I already thought about harassment. Instagram itself also has, if you click on like the little three dots, you hit report. It says you. You, like, you can you can report for harassment and bullying. So I think that is the first step I would take if I was in that position. I wouldn't go straight to filing a lawsuit. No, lawyers are expensive and it's a lot of work. Oh, also there's, um, you can report if you, if there's an intellectual property violation, you can report that on Instagram as well. Fun fact. Yeah. Someone else asked,
3: do we think production new? I don't.
1: I don't either. Like, that account was really
3: small, like we just said. Well, you'd have to subpoena Instagram to get the IP addresses mm-hmm. of whoever create. You know, I've actually, yeah, I did I did a, a post, and we have a reel on our page about that, actually, right. um, talking about how difficult that is, that we posted around the time of the Diana lawsuit. Bots. Bots, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, all I'm saying is that they would have to know that that account exists in the first place.
3: And, yeah, it's such a small account. And there's so many Bravo accounts. I mean, there's so many.
1: So many. I've also been seeing people say, you know, they should have done a better background check. I'm just going to be real. We would not have had this episode if Bravo had dug into this.
3: No. And why? I mean, look, it's one thing if the if the producer knew and was like, hey, I think we should interview this woman to be on the show. She worked for Jen Shaw. And then that producer knew that they were doing it. And then, but that would also, I mean, the producers have to have relationships with the cast members or the cast members aren't going to trust them. So that would be, I I don't think they knew. I don't think they knew. And I I agree with you that I don't think it was reasonable for them to know. But also, if they knew, I don't think they
1: would want to not hire Monica. (laughs) Like, No, yeah. I mean, Bravo is a business and we... I watched that episode so many times. I watched the commercials so many
3: times. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was watching I might- live last night. I watched live last night like three times. I know. I was so jealous. I was still at work. I was at my office at 9 p.m. and I was still working and you called me and you're like, did you see it? And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm still working. Yeah. I guess the benefits of starting a new job, I'm
1: still ramping up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk to let's talk about the Heather of it all, the black eye confession. Yeah, what do you think about that? My theory on this: so last season, stop filming. Jen Shaw pleads guilty, or I might have switched those. So Jen Shaw pleads guilty. Film filming stops. Then they go on Ultimate Girls Trip. Heather gets grilled about the black eye. She doesn't share there. Jen Shaw's still not in prison at this time, right? Then sentencing happens. Then she is shipped off to prison, I think, in February of 2023. I think, and and that's when this season of SLC started filming, I think Heather wanted to wait until Jen was behind bars to share
3: that Jen did it. I agree with you. And I I was also thinking about this today. When I finally got to watch the episode this morning, I I think that there's definitely something in their contracts where if they truly cause, like, that type of physical harm that the contract can be canceled. So I think Jen wouldn't have gotten her, you know, money or whatever that she needed for her, you know, Mm. children, you know, like, I don't think money that could have gone to help her children or whatever else. And I think Heather would have felt really guilty about that. um, Because. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think that would have gotten canceled. And we know that Jen, we don't know, but we presume that Jen waited to plead guilty until she could get paid for every episode Right. That's that's what our presumption is. That's why she waited till the last minute. So she got money because they get paid by episode now. So she got money for each episode and then finally pled guilty. So I think and I'm going to give Heather the benefit of the doubt and think that like Heather didn't want to take money away from Coach Shaw and Jen's children, you know, with Jen going to jail or whatever, um, that that maybe that was her motivation for not saying anything until the very Last minute.
1: Right. And Heather is scared of Jen. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Totally she got a Jen. black eye from her. I mean, we don't know how yet, but – I and I mean, just go back – everyone should go back and listen to that audio of her berating Koa. I would right. be scared of Jen too.
3: No, that's why I'm saying I like people are like, oh, you know, blah, 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 Jen is going to prison. I'm like, I think she is going – I think she's doing very well there. <laughs> I – I do really want to know what happened. And I also, you know, I think Jen is crafty enough to have done it when there's not cameras around. I mean, they're not around 24-7. Jen is, I mean, we know really well how much of a mastermind she actually is. And I mean, it was appalling seeing how much she was actually in control of that whole scheme and how Mm -hmm. much effort she put into it. And I was like, she actually had business sense and she just used it for, like, the worst possible thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I fully believe it was Jen. And I definitely agree with you that Heather is terrified of Jen. Yeah. So she wanted her
1: locked up before she shared. Yeah. I mean, she it, the way she said it was a little strange in last night's episode, but it is what it is. I'm glad she was able to get that off her chest.
3: I mean, she really presented that – I mean, the fact that I still – like, the fact that they were all acting – and I, I've only had time to watch it once, and I, but I will definitely be watching it again. But the fact that they were all acting, and that whole thing was a setup, and mm. then Heather articulating all of that really so well, good. and then the other women letting, you know, they they weren't jumping in, and they were just like, no, Heather's got this. But then also the reactions when Heather revealed at the very end that it was oh. Jen that gave her the black eye. They didn't know that was coming. No. That was, that was masterful on Heather's part. And it reminds me, you know, that Heather's dad was a very successful FBI agent. And when we read her dad's bio, I was like, wow, this man, like, you know, he had done all of those amazing things. Like she's, you can kind of see some of that coming out. <laughs> like Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was a great moment.
3: So then Jen responds from the
1: grave about the punch. and this isn't quotes for those who think that she was posting from the grave actually like it was her using a phone no this is a quote from jen says bravo if i punched heather in her eye you guys would have footage to prove it it's clear the show can't live without me since i was brought up at the beginning middle and end of season four andy is still butthurt that i turned down his one on one interview why would you sit down with someone who gave another cast member a black eye next story
3: Andy didn't know who gave the black eye. Nobody knew until Heather revealed that. Also, yeah. this, the season has been so much better without Jen. Like, it really has. Right. She sucked all the energy out of the room. Yeah.
1: I mean, I hope next season they still talk about her and give their honest reactions to her pleading guilty, finally. Like, yeah. Anyway, Andy responded on his podcast this morning and said if they had the footage, they would have showed it either like at the reunion or in a flashback. Yeah, there's no way they wouldn't have
3: shown the footage. Mm-hmm.
1: Jen Shaw is not the one who is posting. I'm sure that is a quote she gave ahead of time because everyone knew that, that something about the black eye was coming out in the finale. So I believe that she told the people who are running her account, which I think is Jen uh, Coach and Marillo. I think on a phone call or a letter, she told them, hey, this is what I want you to say. Or gave them the authority to post whatever sort of sounds like her brand.
3: Yeah. Prisoners do not have or should not have access to the internet. And you can get a ton of things taken away and, you know, not get good behavior credits and all kinds of stuff if you're caught with contraband like a cell phone. And you can't, depending on which prison you're in, you can send emails, but it's a special secure email system that does not give you access to the rest of the internet it's like you can send messages depending on which prison you're in but it's it's not it's 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 a very specific email system you don't get access to anything else right this manual says they never get
1: access to the internet i have a clip or we have a clip of it or a clip of the manual not like a video clip but a clip of the manual on our instagram so right yeah Someone on Reddit had a theory. Her name is Apathy is Beauty. And this is from Reddit. When Heather and Jen brought Meredith into the room last season to show her the black eye, it was to gauge her reaction to see if Meredith remembered what happened. Once they saw that Meredith didn't remember, Jen knew she could get Heather to cover for her because the other witness blacked out.
3: Oh, interesting. It's an interesting theory, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really hope Heather says what she remembers about that.
1: Oh yeah. And another thing to support that it's not Jen sitting there posting from prison before she went away on February 17, 2023, the caption said, while Jen is away, an administrator will be running her accounts to keep the Shaw squad updated. Thanks for your ongoing love and support. And then coach also posted a video, which is still on her page. It's the first post that said that she was corresponding via letters and he would post what she wanted her, what she wanted him to post.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. Right. All right.
1: Now, Dita Von Teese. <laughs> <Okay>. Love her. <laughs> yeah. The real Dita Von Teese. The real Dita Von Teese. So because the... Why am I forgetting the name of it?
3: Reality Von Teese? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I think the adrenaline's wearing off. So Dita Von Teese, because Reality Von Teese used her image posted on social media and was like, hey, can you guys report this account because she's using my image? And also Bravo used my image on their show last night when they showed the account. People are like, get over it, Dita. (laughs) So I want to say that celebrities' images are not free to use merely because they are celebrities. So just because an image exists on Google of a celeb and just because that person is a public figure does not mean that you get to use their image without some repercussions. You can use them in some limited purposes under the Copyright Act. There is fair use purposes, like I mentioned one before, for educational purposes or for parody, but this was neither, okay? This was not a parody account. A parody is an SNL skit. This account right. was not parodying Dita Von so it is a violation of copyright. Anyway.
3: No, no, I'm just, I'm agreeing with you. And I think, you know, Dita Von has worked very hard and she has a very specific brand. And if I were her, I wouldn't want to be associated with this either. So I think it's fair for her to not be okay with it. But then devil's advocate, no one thinks this is Dita T's. So No, it's not mistaken, but it's like you, that's my image. She has the right to the image. And it's like she could have just, she didn't have to put up like that picture. She could have put up anything like it, you know. She could have gone on Fiverr and paid somebody $20 to just draw. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't. I, yeah. yeah. But she, by the way, Dita Von T's is a really cool performer that has done these amazing performances. And she is kind of like a burlesque show. And it's the costume design. And it's I have never been to one, but very beautiful. And if you see the tours of her house, like she's, a, she's an artist. Mm-hmm. I have seen that.
1: Okay, what about harassment from Monica driving by their homes? Another creepy aspect of this. She would do drive-bys. That's so weird. That's so weird. So, yeah, I mean, I would think... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's step back. So we know that they're not allowed to sue
3: each other, but I'm almost positive they're allowed to press charges for a crime, right? Oh, yeah. No, they can't. They can't control, you can't contract out and say you're allowed to commit crimes. Like that's, yeah. that's a, there is, that's basic, you know, a con, you cannot contract to be permitted to commit crimes in a contract right. that either that the whole contract or that part of the contract is unenforceable. And these production teams and Bravo have very smart lawyers and they would know that there's, I, there's no way right. that's in the contract. Yeah. But, and I knew that because we've also talked about it in our first episode right, <laughs> with Candace right. and Monique. Right. Yeah. Right. Because really, I'm sure what Candace wanted was to file a civil lawsuit, but couldn't do that. And Mm -hmm. so she, the only other option was to go, you know, to the state and attempt to press charges that way. But no, it's so there's technically nothing against the law about being on a public street. In fact, there was just someone, and it's really scary, there was just someone in my neighborhood that had this issue with a convicted felon who eventually did get arrested but they got arrested because they got pulled over and they had a unlicensed gun in their car which they also weren't supposed to have because they're a felon Um, but she had reported this individual multiple times for sitting on her street and staring at her house and then also driving by and the police were like there's nothing we can do they're not breaking a law Mm -hmm. but is it creepy yes right right Well, just to read, stalking in Utah.
1: So it's if you engage in a course of conduct directed at a specific individual and knows or should know that the course of conduct would cause a reasonable person to fear for the individual's own safety or the safety of a third individual or to suffer other emotional distress. So there you go. That's stalking in Utah. Okay, and course of conduct is defined as acts in which the actor follows, monitors, observes, photographs, surveils, threatens, or communicates to or about an individual or interferes with an individual's property. I mean, yeah. It could also be, like, online, not just the driving by.
3: Oh, no, and a lot of states have specific laws for computer harassment. So if you're sending somebody repeated unwanted text messages after they've told you to stop messaging them on social media after they've told you to stop a lot of states have that as computer harassment and it starts out as a misdemeanor typically Mm -hmm. so i didn't see one in utah but it just says harassment
1: a person is guilty of harassment if with the intent to frighten or harass another he communicates a written or recorded threat to commit any violent felony It's a little bit a high burden for harassment there. Yeah. All right. The last thing I want to talk about beauty lab. So we got a confirmation about Heather investigating Monica's multiple names with her business partner and realizing that she was owed money.
3: I mean, I am getting why Heather is so upset. It's I would be, but I, so you said she's still using the same hairstylist cuz like that that's like that's Go so to personal. Her account. Go to so, the hairstylist's account. I mean, I guess maybe since the hairstylist came clean, she's being forgiving. I don't know, but that is that's a that's a difficult one. Um but she posted her 12 hours ago. Oh my god.
1: Yeah, and then there's a photo. Okay, look here. So that's her final confession look. Feathers. Mm-hmm where she was detailing everything that happened in last night's episode. So it's obviously after all this came out. And this is on the hairstylist's page. I mean, it
3: is, you can forgive a really good hairstylist for a lot, to be fair. <laughs> I'm sure there are not many in Utah. I mean, you can forgive a really good hairstylist for a lot. Yeah. Oh, and then what did you think of the, we forgot our credit cards? I, that was weird.
1: That was weird, right?
3: Like, why did they all not have their credit cards? I've never... Well, that's a lie. I can't say I've never. But it is bizarre. It made me wonder if they knew already and were like, we're going to forget our cards and see if she has one or something. Yeah, I think they knew already. Okay. See, I wasn't clear about the timeline of... I guess, oh, because they did. That was in the morning, right? When they had that meeting on the beach. Was that in the morning? No, that was after she got the call. But I think Monica last night in her live said that
1: she thinks Heather knew before... Coming to Bermuda or knows that Heather knew before well, coming yeah, to Bermuda.
3: She said she got confirmation in yeah. Bermuda. Yeah. Right. So there's something there.
1: There was something because that was weird. Maybe she was trying to get evidence or proof that Monica has money for her lawsuit that she was filing a
3: couple months later.
1: I, I don't know. I don't know. I have know. no idea. I mean, and, it's
3: not. I don't know. Or maybe they had paid for stuff for Monica before. And maybe Veronica Monica was the friend that just, like, never gets her card out. And they're like, you know what? Nobody can bring your card this time.
1: <laughs> maybe. Who knows? But that was weird.
3: Anyway, that's all I wanted to talk about. I'm glad I got I, that off my chest. <laughs> I I think we should all be grateful to Sessie for using her energy to go through all of this. Because I certainly couldn't do it and was stuck at work. And, like, this is really interesting for me. I didn't – you put the whole timeline together. Um I didn't even. I was realize at 7 a.m. This. this morning.
1: Was, <laughs> you're on it. I was like the the neurons were firing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for the reunion. Oh my god! I know. All right, let's end it. Thanks,
3: everyone. Bye, legal team.
0: Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project.
1: The Bravo Docket is part of the ACAST Creator Network.